0: For a people who have not had the privilege of authoring our own history, we owe it to ourselves to at least understand who we were before we got colonized, to be able to understand whether the version of ourselves that we are today is actually serving that true uh, essence of what it is to be African or not.
1: I have a dream today. Is it too much to ask you To grant us human dignity Who taught you to hate the texture of your hair? Who taught you to hate the color of your skin
0: To such extent that you bleach? For so many, many years We were told that only white people were beautiful You're afraid that if you give us equal ground That we will match you and we will override you Black is beautiful Freehood Say I want a free Freehood (inaudible) Usakangone dumbo Pawakachero which means, don't forget who you are or where you came from. Welcome to Black for 30. Thanks for pressing plate and uh, tuning in to another episode of Black for 30. And before we get into the episode as usual, just need to set it a few seconds aside just to focus um, and get ready for this convo. And the 15 seconds starts now. Welcome to this movement of consciousness that is Black for 30. So... As you already know, I'm your host from Guy Mtsiwa, Um but today's gonna to be a little bit different. We're gonna have Sean as the co-host, uh running this one.
1: Hello everyone. Uh good to be back. Feels like it's been a, a while. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um and like we did last season, um well this is the last episode of this season, so Um, What we generally like to do at this stage is, is, I guess, you know, take stock of the season so far, um, give you guys a quick recap, but then also, you know, uh, it's an opportunity, I guess, to pick our host's brain to sort of see what he's picked up from this, what he's learned, uh, myself as well included, um, uh, what I guess would have been standout episodes of the season as well, and... Also give you guys, you know, a quick, I guess, uh, a quick little teaser on what's what's to come next season, um, where we're headed with that theme-wise um, and a few other things that Black for 30 is cooking up for you. So, yeah, buckle up and uh, here we go. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, uh, I guess the best way to kick it off is just to get your thoughts on what this is what this season was like in terms of conception um how it's how it was executed, and I guess what you sort of picked up along the way mm.
0: a lot for sure um but I think you know what of one of the interesting things is when it's almost like you you're getting constant reflections right because when I listen to an episode, it's usually you know weeks or months after the actual recording and so it's like a it captures a a a point in time of you know what i thought about a particular thing so it's always interesting when i see how that thought or that understanding has evolved in that space um and yeah i quite enjoy that so as far as you know the the process goes and, again, going back to that, it's, like, with each episode, you know, you become, um, like, through the process of preparing for it to the discussion itself and, you know, the thoughts exchange between myself and the guests, you mature in your understanding of certain things. Um, so, and, and you also challenge yourself in certain you know, conceptions that you have. So it's been very, the process has been very valuable in, in that sense. Yeah, but like, I think what I'm really grateful for is how it's made me even more hungry to, to do more and, you know, create more content um, and find more ways to engage the public. You know, because I think a lot of our, a lot of these discussions, for in, at least as far as I've observed, are reserved for you know the intellectuals or academics, and which is not a problem. But it it, it only I only see it as an issue when it is only limited to that group of people because everyone needs to be. On that same level of consciousness for it for for all of us to you know collectively function towards uh a similar purpose all right so um yeah i think that's been my taking in in as far as the whole process throughout the year
1: all right right that's an interesting take um and it does <clears throat> i guess uh what, what you mentioned before um when you said it captures a moment in time i guess Just reflecting on that, it does give, I guess, we're in a a unique position, um, being the host and then, you know, being able to, first of all, speak to someone um, in that moment about, you know, whatever topic, because you don't know what their response Mm -hmm. is going to be. You don't know what doors it's going to open. So essentially, both of you are kind of in a learning moment, um, but then you're in also both of, I guess, you know, being the host and also the guest. Um, we're sort of both in that unique position where it's like you say these things you know you have your thought process and you know you're having this candid conversation Um, and then what your takeaways are from that conversation and then when the episode actually drops a few months later you know you're in that position again to be like okay well a few things well for most of us you know a lot of things have happened in that time it could be two months could be Mm. three months down the track right So, you know, in that time, the hope is that you've done, I guess, a bit of growing, a bit of maturing. Sometimes it's for the, you know, the hope is the majority of the time it's Mm -hmm. for the better. But, you know, sometimes you regress a little. We are human. Um, So there is that unique perspective where you get a different take on your thoughts from a few months back into the person you are now, which is, like you said, it's 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 a very interesting concept where it's like you capture what you're thinking a few months ago and you know you get that idea like you get that thought process mm. verbatim again when you when you hear it when you release the, the the episode and yeah it is it is quite an interesting I guess experience because then you well from the listener we have this different I guess um, vantage point where the listener can listen to it, you know, multiple times, but their involvement of it is a little bit different and what their takeaways from it are a little bit different as well. Yeah. So I guess in saying that we do um we do both learn and also share these experiences all at the mm. same time. But we're just all doing it, I guess, in different ways at different mm. times. Yeah. Yeah, which is it's it's an interesting concept, I guess, to look at and you know, it is good to sort of see that or at least being from, from the listener's perspective, it's not just us regurgitating information because we are also taking the, these things in and it's something new that we're yeah. learning from from these processes. So it is, yeah, I guess it's it's good to see it, sort of see behind, you know, the, the unique take that we get in regard to that.
0: It even becomes more interesting like when you – approach a lot of the conversations, listening, accepting that, you know, you don't have to believe what the other person says, but
1: Mm.
0: at least understand it. Right. Um, Yeah. And also the motive is not to be right or to be proven right, but more I guess hearing how nuanced the conversations are because Mm. and again you know speaking to just my experience with speaking to different guests is how the problem of or the issues that black people face are seen differently depending on you know the person's experience so so the version of what one person thinks is really wrong with the black community is quite different to another
1: yeah no that's that's very true and i guess looking at it from our perspective here being obviously you know one part of a very large african community here in 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 australia i guess the the main thing is that all our experiences are, are, are very different um how we got here is different why we're here is different you know the time spent here is different um you know our end goals are all different so but the main thing that we have i guess together is the you know the fact that we are black we are african or we you know you you are african um so it is i guess good to sort of show that each experience maybe you know lived differently but you know the circumstances like or the end result may be similar or the cause of it may be similar. You know, it could be racism, it could be ignorance, it could be, I don't know, whatever systematic issues there are. You're facing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but you don't, you, you're you not necessarily alone mm. in that regard. It may happen to you at a different company, at a different state, in a different city. But, you know, the, the main core, like the main, there's always main sticking points. There's always, you know, those keywords that keep coming, that keep mm. coming up. Um, So, yeah, it does, I guess, open up that door a bit more to understanding other people's experiences and not just rushing to judgment. Mm. The how and the why of things, I think, are probably what's more important or what we need to, I guess, become a little bit more accustomed to finding out first before we go too far because I feel like that's, the basis of understanding is someone's motivation or, you know, how it happened, why it happened. You know, they, they tend to go a long way in terms of pushing the the, the narrative of understanding a lot further than just your your conventional, you know, speak and respond type
0: thing. For sure. For sure. You know, you just took me back um, to the episode we did about no family feud right or the family yeah no family feud right where it's like ultimately we are all different but we have a lot of similarities and our issues you know share a lot of uh things in common so there is value in me respecting and acknowledging that you, Sean, have your own experience and, you know, it, it, it therefore means that, you know, how you interpret certain things is going to be different. But I also understand that you are black and you... And so therefore we have similarities in terms of the things that we struggle with, right? Mm-hmm. From a you know, in terms of the issues that we face in society, there's a lot of crossovers. So there's room for me to be able to cross that difference that we have, you know, whether it's because I'm from Ghana and I, and I tell you that Jolof is from Ghana and then you're from Nigeria (laughs) or, you know, in actual fact, you know, uh, Jolof is from, uh, I think it's from the horn. I don't know. But anyway, um
1: oh look, I don't know if we have time to invite a civil war today. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like it, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like that, that that's
0: cool, but then in terms of the priorities that we have um, um on the issues that black people face, Jolof is way at the bottom, right? So let's talk about Jolof once we are in a place where um you know we have functioning have economies. We have things. functioning countries. We have good leadership. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah. And that's look, especially what you're saying uh, for that specific episode. There, it also brings up like, like a what's that saying? The ties that bind. Mm. Right. So, because you know of humanity as a society, we are very much social creatures. We are drawn to each other based off of similarities. Now, unfortunately, skin color happens to be one of those. Um, and the idea is that at least you know those of this of the same skin color, especially if you know you've the majority of you have experienced oppression at some level or racism or discrimination based you know either gender, race, or combination of all, um, to at least have. That, those conversations and, and show that you're not alone in these experiences. Um, it does, it does you know, I guess bring about a, a, a brighter spotlight on that same, you know, the ties to that mind right. because the more that we think people don't understand us uh, or, you know, in our times of need, in our times of darkness where you think, okay, no one understands me, no one sees me for what I'm going through. And then, you know, I don't know, some people hear a song, some people watch a movie, some people read a poem, some people read a book, some people speak to other people. But then it's just a quick reminder to be like, hey, this is not just, you know, specific to you. This These people have experienced it and it allows, I guess, that conversation to continue, to, to, to flow, you know, minus the whole you're from Nigeria, you're from Ghana, you're from here, you're from there. You know, now we take away the borders, which I guess as Africans we were, that's how we started off, no? Uh, You know, it was, you went by your tribe, there was no borders, you moved how you felt. That's why people could speak, you know, multiple languages, because you were never limited to one spot. There were no lines that marked Mm. this territory, be different from that territory. It was just, you move Mm. as you pleased. Um and I feel like you know the adaptation of some of these western valleys where it 's your your own household to yourself it 's very much in direct contradiction to what we see happening in Africa right now uh, where you know there's still people still live in villages, which is a very normal thing. They still prefer those communities they still prefer to stay connected together because of those things, and it they flourish if you notice. Whereas, you know, the Africans that are now more, you know, Westernized, they're using more, you know, Western ideal, taking on more Western ideologies, you know, such as us. Um, You find that it's a lot quicker to feel isolated because we're not having those constant reminders that we are all part of a certain group. And I Mm -hmm. feel like, you know, uh, Black for 30 aims to, to, I guess, be one part, that tries to address these issues, um, you know, via the means that we do, which I think is good because you know we we we've had guests come on from the UK, from Kenya, from you know all over, and that's good. It, it's I guess in this world, in this you know technological world, at least um, it allows us to be able to broaden those conversations. Mm. Um, but I feel like that should not make us forget how. It is that we've got to be where we were, where mm. we are. You know, a quick reminder, I guess, is what people need on occasion. Yeah.
0: It's, it's funny as you are saying that as well. Like I'm also realizing that you know, a couple of the episodes that really stuck out to for me in this season all speak about history, um, in the mm. sense that. Yeah, you know, so the one that we recently did, which was the a, a bio series of Aim there, right? When we we're talking about the Negritude movement, um, and yeah. then I also had the opportunity to interview um, Mishik Slamanyanga, and this was talking about the importance of telling our story and our heritage through genealogy you know so did this you know and i know it's spoken about a lot in a lot of circles right the whole concept of returning to the roots um so it's not a new concept in that sense but probably where a lot of people then lack is the the follow-through the action that then meets those words because um yeah yeah, for sure. Sankofa, right? Return to our roots. Um, because they, you I, you know, always refer to this. Um, our roots, our history, orients us and aligns us with today, you know? Because mm-hmm. now I'm able to understand why we practice certain traditions. I'm able to understand... Um. Why? You know, observing this particular practice is of value not just to my people, but me as an individual, right? You you were referring to how the the Western model of living, where everything is almost in in, in isolation, in comparison to what it's like back home, right? When you are home, you you almost know the whole hood, you know, um, and yeah. every on a first yeah, name basis. You know, so from the from the family, you know, the, the parents to the to the whole family, and vice versa, they know your parents and and your family as well, right? And you know that whole notion about uh, it takes a village, right? So it's like knowing those things um, and learning about those. Um, Ideologies and, and traditions that we practice is is a is a healthy form of informing, you know, what we should value. Um. As Africans, like, like I'm, I'm a proponent of, you know, I'm, and this is not me saying that as an African you should only follow African ideologies and um, traditions. I think all I'm saying is for a people who have not had the privilege of authoring our own history we owe it to ourselves to at least understand who we were before we got colonized to be able to understand whether the version of ourselves that we are today is actually serving that true uh, essence of what it is to be african or not right so your your decisions are guided a little bit different as opposed to where we live and assume that you know the the Western ideology or the Western framework is the only point of view to look at the rest of the world
1: yeah now yeah, that's uh, that's quite a good point actually and speaking of ideologies mm-hmm. um like the main themes of you know pretty much black for thirty um has been exploring um some of these movements that um you know championing african Repatriation, mm. uh, African Union, mm. uh, you know, or not just African, but, you know, Black American or Latin American or Caribbean, you know, or the Caribbean, you know, um, movements. As long as it's, you know, Afrocentric, mm. you know, there's been movements all over the world that are championing, you know, Black rights. Um, and my question uh, more lies with, you know, you mentioned aims Césaire. Um, we've we've spoken multiple times about the Panthers, Malcolm X, the Nation of Islam, um, Martin Luther King, mm. you name it, Kwame Nkrumah, mm. all of those people. They, The main theme is that there's always someone with an idea about how to improve black rights or an idea about how black people should proceed because they've had an understanding of their roots and they feel, you know, this is the mm. way to go. Um, from obviously these conversations what do you think the problems that those guys were facing what do you think they were and do you see that I guess reflected in, in, in the movements today mm-hmm. Um, and how are they sort of tackling you know is there a similarity in the problems that they're finding and how are they tackling them
0: I, I yeah I yeah a good yeah one. like this <laughs> so, <laughs> and you know initially my I think my, my my thoughts were focused on leadership right in a lot of these movements, or, organizations, countries, what what you have you right, and I think that's because that's a conversation that dominates a lot of the platforms when it when it comes to you know any. Any reference as to why you know, some of these movements have declined? Um, so it still remains an issue, leadership for sure. Um, like you know, around how a lot of stuff is just leader centric, right? So, so th- because that's always the focal point. So people almost leave their concerns into their hands. And it kind of changes how we think about it, right? Because now we don't think that these politicians, these leaders owe us the lives that we deserve as Africans, as citizens of the continent. But instead we, we think it's a privilege if, you know, they somehow get to it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it, it then dictates how we're able to let that go by without demanding it, you know, because we don't feel like we're owed and yeah, with a lot of leadership, right. I feel as if there's a, there's a lack in clearly defining what the purpose is, what, what, the purpose of the organization of or the movement is, but then also just focus on the leaders themselves There's an issue around defining what we expect of a leader and what we define as a competent leader right so until we can do that, I feel like there's a problem because like we we we'll prop up leaders who don't necessarily deserve the mantle, right? Uh, False prophets, right? Um, Yeah. And look, I I think there's, there's several other bits to, to touch on when it comes to, to, to leadership. So like, I'm gonna leave that one alone. I think what I'm really interested in is the people, because not a lot of people talk about the people. And I feel like Mm -hmm. they have such a big part to play. And, They hold part of the blame as to why this is the case that, you know, for hundreds of years, we're still facing the issues that we face. Yet there have been so many movements and initiatives that have come across the years, right? So I think, you know, there's that famous uh, or really popular saying, right? Even the devil can quote a scripture, (laughs) right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's how I see you know, the public in terms of, so, you know, the wrist of the Black Caucus, so to speak, in terms of it's easy to point out and observe a problem. It's a different mindset and skill set altogether to act on that problem towards resolving it. So I think there's a lot of people right now who have the appetite to be you know, activists. I guess more in the social sense of it, but they're not necessarily active activism, right? So people don't quite have the courage yet to actually act. Um, and also like when you you know, think of Zimbabwe as, an, as as an example, right? And and the issue is not unique just to Zimbabwe, but with a lot of the conversations we have about our freedoms or our liberation, there's a divide between the urban and the rural as well, right? Where we feel Mm -hmm. as though it's only, you know, the city boys (laughs) or, you know, those in in the (laughs) urban areas who have the intellectual capacity to be able to have these conversations. And they feel as though the, the people in the rural areas don't qualify, right? Um, yeah. Yet the irony is, the people from the rural areas are the most rooted. I'd love to believe, in terms of our culture and our traditions, right? Because that those are the areas where it's been preserved. Yeah, it's untainted. Yeah. So there's that disconnect. So the people who are living in the urban areas, it's, it's yeah. You know, they're almost misguided in some ways because they're not even rooted to the true essence of their culture. Right. So like, how can you speak to something you know little about, <laughs> right? Yeah. How can you be passionate about <laughs> something you know little about?
1: But you're not actively yeah. practicing.
0: So, so people are unable to, to understand the moral obligation that we have, that, that each African has, um, to the continent right because as much as we like it or not we are products of our ancestors right and mm-hmm. um, I may not be able to, to, to name them all but I know that the fact that you know my ass in 2023 is able to live and have a life in Australia is something they would some of my ancestors never would have been able to imagine right but they were able to do what they did to give us, you know, this form of liber- liberation or freedom that we have today. Yeah. Knowing they would never enjoy it.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a, that's an interesting point mm-hmm. that you make there actually. Um, and let me just make sure that I've got everything that you were saying mm-hmm. in there. So essentially we tend to focus on leadership a lot in these Mm. movements, correct? Um, And the main thing, which I think I've probably said a million times, is that the reason why a lot of these aren't successful is because usually you just get rid of the leadership, right? So, unfortunately, the facts point to the fact that for any sort of uh, pro-black, pan-African or whatever else movement, you know, towards Mm. black rights, How it's begun, generally, all you have to do is cut off the head of the snake, and the rest will die, Mm. essentially. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think, with like in regard to that, that makes perfect sense because when you look at how society is, we generally put one person on a pedestal, one, two people on a pedestal, so. What society is saying basically is they're dictating how we should present our, a movement, mm. and generally you get one or two people. Um, if you look at you know the the civil rights movement, the predominant names were Malcolm mm. and Martin, right? Um, the co- the founders of Black Black Panthers were Bobby Seal and Huey P, Huey P Newton. So it's either one person or two people who are just driving this this you know this vehicle mm. along. And the rest of the people, yes, they have, you know, you they're like you said, they're not active activists, <laughs> essentially. So now you have a varying spectrum of, you know, people who are down to die for mm. the cause, right down to, you know, our Twitter yeah. fingers. Now, unfortunately, like a pyramid, as with any leadership structure, it gets thicker towards the mm. bottom, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> Pardon the pyramid. So pun the greater there.
1: concentration. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you, you take from that what you will, okay? Um, <laughs> but it definitely gets a lot thicker down the mm. bottom, doesn't it? Um, and I think that's where the issue lay is lay, lies is that the structure of these movements is not everyone equal. It's you always have to have a leader first, someone who tells you what to think, how to feel, how to react, how to respond. Because even if you look right now, what do we whenever something happens, who do we look to to issue a statement about what's happened?
0: Do you know no what I mean? One. Like in a lot of places no one. Black people. Mm.
1: Yeah. Black people don't have anyone mm. to run to at the moment. Um yeah. You know, Jay Z is now one of the people that I guess is 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 thought of when something happens in America, you've got to find out what Jay Z is it's thought an of,
0: IC, bro. You know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Literally. So it's a vote by popularity, yeah. essentially. Um but you know, when you look at on a national level, you know, you always have statements from ranking members of some government. You know, your prime minister, your president, they say something. Um, Kind of like what we're seeing in in, in the Middle East at the moment. Not that we want to get too Mm. much into that. That's a whole other bag. But you see these people issue statements. Um, You know, the everyday person is not being listened to, is not being heard. Because for some odd reason, we have decided that it's okay that we should have a spokesperson. Now, we've forgotten that spokespeople can be tainted, can be corrupted if we all have the same idea, if we all are on the same page about a movement, you don't necessarily need a leader because anyone can speak for you. Mm. Is that? Yeah. So that's from what you're saying. That's basically, I think what if we keep worrying about leadership, we won't get far because you can easily sway the leaders of, of any movement towards something. Mm. Um, And like, like, yeah, like is,
0: you know, exactly right. You know, there's the 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 leadership plays a role, um, but then, you know, I I don't need to sit here and describe to you the problem of black people because you're a black person, so therefore you live through it, right? And that applies for mm-hmm. everybody. So. Yeah for me it's more in institutionalizing the movement because whenever it's just grassroots there is no there is no there're no formal structures there's no there're no formal obligations um there're no formal responsibilities mm-hmm. for people there it's not sustainable there's no continuity yeah. built in to allow the fact that, you know, Bobby Seal can die and the movement will Someone live on because over. everyone from the middle management all the way down to the bottom of the pyramid, everybody understands not just the purpose, but what the the goal is. Right. So yeah. everyone is just yeah. skilled differently. So everyone plays a different role within the organization, within the struggle. Um, within the movement but once everybody's able to understand and internalize the ethos and what that organization stands for you know we're in a different place altogether right because you know that you know um, you could die and I could die but what Black for 30 stands for lives on
1: that's right yeah and look, that's I guess once that thought process evolves from who's in charge who's going to tell me what to do to I've got, you know, there's me and there's Fungai and then there's someone else and we all have the same idea. If I'm missing today, you can speak mm. up just as confidently as the mm. next person, um, you know what I mean? And the, the idea is still there. I think the problem is that one person has the idea and then they preach the message because you know a lot of people talk about you hey, oh, know Malcolm was such a captivating speaker or Martin was such a good orator whatever it is, but they are the only ones who had that idea,
0: mm.
1: right? What we don't, what we need is more idea people and a lot less listeners. And once these idea people get on the same page about what idea they're going to push, we are going to be stuck in the same nonsense that we see. Uh, Like with Black Lives Matter now, the CEO had to step down because of questions about her lavish lifestyle, you know, over these donations, like, because there was no one else to keep her in check. Mm. If everyone is equal in that, you know, we all have a say in an equal vote. There's no one that outranks anyone. Half this stuff wouldn't Mm. be happening.
0: And going back to what I was saying before about if we don't understand what we expect out of our leaders, then we'll pick the wrong people to be our leaders. You know, the, the Black Lives Matter uh, situation, right? It's like, so um, you then have faith in something. It, it, you know, we talk a lot about uh, co opt, the government co opting, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This also applies when it comes to not having clear under, clear understandings or clear expectations of what a, what a leader should be, because you have situations where the government will then step in and create initiatives, programs that fool us into believing that they are designed to address the systemic issues that we face. And then we fast forward 10 years, 15 years, 20 years after those programs or those movements or those initiatives have been started. And then we realize there really hasn't been that much progress. You know, I'll give you the the Civil Rights Act as an example, Right. So that was Mm -hmm. 1964, I think. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And so, and I mean, it's already crazy that we're asking just for civil rights. You know what I mean? Not equal, civil, (laughs) but sure we had to. Just be nice to us, please. Um, So 1964, the Civil Rights Act is passed. But then when you look at, what it was actually doing. So, in order for the, for them to pass it into Congress and everything, right? So, obviously, they had to, you know, sanitize it a bit. Um, so, you're finding that when it was then put through, a lot of what it was actually doing was, you know, it was looking at addressing access to, like, access to public accommodation, uh, education, and some elements of housing, right? But then when you look further into those issues, they didn't address funding, access to funding for schools, right? So, So now it's okay for little Bobby to go to the same school that some white person goes to But the thing is, that white person is going to a really fancy school, which is all on the other side of the neighborhood, right? Where they probably can't get, they don't have enough money to be able to go to that school to attend it. So, they can only go to their hood. But their hood doesn't get any funding from the government, right? So, (laughs) they have shitty ass teachers, if that. They've got a crap curriculum, Right no amenities, but then they expected to have the same outcome as a kid who's going to a really fancy well-funded school, right? You look at housing, for example, right? So the Civil Rights Act was, you know, tackling discrimination within the housing sector, right? But then redlining still existed, right? So at the surface they looked as though they were addressing housing discrimination. Because oh for sure you can go um you can go apply for a loan. <laughs> we're not gonna stop you. Whether you get it is different Whether story. you get it is different, right? <laughs> so so technically I'm not discriminating you on the surface because it, it it seems as if there's this law that's been passed and so now I can access the same bathroom or the same toilets or the same restaurants as as white people, so there must be change, right? And for sure there is change, but then the the issues we face are systemic, right? So it's like, so until we are in a place where a lot of us have a firm understanding of what our issues are and what the current climate is, we allow ourselves to be able to be led by incompetent leaders or be pacified by the government.
1: So essentially, like, that's like with the Civil Rights Act, Mm. I guess. It was just lip service um, in order to, I guess, calm down the masses of angry blacks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know, and because, you know, the idiots there didn't really look at the wording because no one ever really looks at a bill in full, right, like a government bill. And it's mainly because this information back then was not as readily as available as you, it, is, mm. it is now. And the thing about those bills is that they, they are laid on to some other stuff. There's not just give black people rights. No, no, no. There has to be six, seven, eight, nine, ten things underneath that mm. bill. We just don't what? know about yeah. it because they always talk about the one at the top. So essentially what they did is just they went from removing the signs that say no blacks, no colors, and then they changed the wording up to say we have the right to refuse entry. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And then we took that and ran.
0: (laughs) And so, so, so so that's the thing where it's like, I don't know if the government will stop doing that or when the government will stop doing that. So for us, I don't think we should dedicate our energy towards, you know, Seeking more assistance from the government because they've repeatedly shown how they don't care as much as, you know, they saw claim. So then our energies should be dedicated to figuring out our own solutions because that is the only alternative we've got left, right? Because we have been promised for so many times over and over and, you know, we always talk about this, right? The the concept of equality, the concept of equity hinges heavily on the rest of society believing we are owed those things. So until they believe it enough to the point where they choose to act, this is going to keep happening.
1: <laughs> so essentially... Um- What the message is here is self-reliance is key, Mm. right? Um, And I guess this now will be more for the viewers, but I think it'll be you know that's this is pretty much where the the the, uh, upcoming season of Black for Thirty is going to be headed more towards. It's more solutions based. No, Um, Mm. we'll be more looking at. I guess these movements in in greater detail you know the black panthers um you know your pan africanist movements your marcus garvey's um in a bit more detail in what they were attempting to do what could tell them and then obviously what in terms of self reliance in terms of uh you know this this, this renewed sense of self and culture that's where you know that's where we're gonna be directing energies for black for black for thirty is that a correct assumption
0: yeah for sure like i it, so the way I'm seeing next year is in two parts right that
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know we we're talking about this earlier that Part of what makes it difficult when we're having a lot of these conversations, whether amongst ourselves or with other people from other races or cultures, is everyone starting from a different point of understanding. So, until. So, we first need to fully understand the context, fully understand our problems, for us to understand why it matters for us to be having these conversations for why it matters for us to you know talk about collective effort um so we next year for me i think it's focusing on two things right making sure that we all have a shared understanding of our history our heritage our culture And the problems that we face. And then the second part to it is that then informs our agency, right? Because now I understand that, yes, I work as an artist and yes, there's limited spaces for my art to be exhibited for reasons that are out of my control, right? in, in, as far as our race. So what should I do as an artist, um, you know, as, and it's not obviously the, you know, the artist is just an example here, but then this applies on a lot of different levels. So what do I then do as an artist to, to be able to exhibit my, my work? And for you, that may be looking for other artists who are facing the same issues because, you know, again, our problems are not unique. And then you collaborate, right? You find free spaces. There are a lot of free spaces, you know, where you can set up without having to pay for venue costs, for example, right? and you can advertise for free because everybody nowadays almost has Instagram you know everybody and their dog has Instagram so you can you can do that right and so it's like so for me i think really understanding the problem then fine tunes how we approach them because the reality is it's going to be a really long time until As a black artist, you can just have your work easily exhibited in the best uh, or, you know, the the most notable galleries or museums, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So they don't have that much of an incentive to do that for you. So the onus then lies on you to be able to understand how do I then... Address these issues, right? And of, and of course, that means part of it, because I don't want people to then think that it just means it's easy. It's not. It's 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 going to be an uphill battle. It, it's going to require making sacrifices that you're not comfortable with, right? So it's like, so unless you are uncomfortable to the point where you want to act, then you will forever just observe the problem, right?
1: You ever just be you forever just be mm. a spectator. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: Um,
1: so in in terms of I guess uh, resources or maybe um, maybe side project mm. or I don't know um, tools that let's say Black for Thirty would have. Is there anything else that I guess would be coming up that would supplement no. you know, the podcast and the Instagram page? Yeah.
0: For sure, for sure. I think so. I'm excited that like we're gonna have a newsletter because I've, I've always wanted to have one. Because I I, 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 I subscribe to a couple of newsletters, right? And um, surprise, surprise.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I like it because um, I don't have the time to be constantly online and consuming content. Mm-hmm. So I. Yeah. I always like having a little, you know, a little summary of key takeaways. So I don't, you know, so a quick two minute read or five minute read um, gives me what I need to, you know, learn something new or, you know, look at life, you know, slightly from a slightly different angle. So I find them valuable in that sense that they collate all you know, like little bits of key information. And so that's essentially what I'm hoping to do is where, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we cover and also don't cover in, in these discussions. So the newsletter is basically bringing all of that together um, and it's more of a reflection piece as well to it. Um, mm-hmm. So that's definitely one of the tools, I'd say, that will, you know, supplement the show. And, well, the the biggest thing that will be coming next year is um, the events, right, which we briefly mentioned, I think, earlier, um, mm-hmm. where the idea is about, you know, e- exploring different mediums to continue these conversations. You know, I yeah. in as much as I enjoy these discussions at the same time, it's only limited to two people, right? Yeah. And and for me, I have a huge interest in, in a lot of other people becoming a part of this conversation. So the events that I'm looking at exploring are, you know, it's going to be a, a combination of, you know, art, culture with you know, some of these important topics and, and and themes that that we're exploring. Mm -hmm.
1: So basically like, you know, discussions, forums, that sort of thing. More
0: more in the sense of the, like the discussions, because usually, you know, you, you'd have them as, as, as panel discussions. And again, they kind of fall into a similar bracket of, you know, the show. So, Mm -hmm. They're less about that, but more about creating a space where people can consume the art and culture, but then also get into conversations organically.
1: With like-minded yeah. people?
0: So, um, and, or, or not so like-minded people as well. But the idea is it's open to everybody for, for people to consume yeah. as they will, but then also learn about what it, what African art is because there is such a spectrum that we haven't even begun to tap into, especially here in Australia. So, um, you know, exploring that rich tapestry of African culture um, and creating those spaces that we talk about where, you know, we want to be meeting people that we can, you know, explore more of these ideas. Yeah,
1: that's mm. right, yeah. Oh, that's, uh, that's interesting because, yeah, uh, like you said, especially with, um, you know, uh, art, music, there is a lot of, you know, artists, uh, musicians out there who not only, uh, you know, have their own, I guess, unique sound or unique art or whatever it is that they have, but they are adapting it to their circumstance. So they could be diaspora, there could be someone who was born here, like, you know, first generation African-Australian of some sort or, you know, whatever else you, whatever else have you. So it's a combination of the African culture, um, the Australian culture, um, and whatever other influences they have, you know, from other artists as well. Mm. So, yeah, that's it's a good take on, on, I guess, trying to showcase those things more often um, because, you know, a lot of us wouldn't have, I guess, an idea of who's doing art. It could be someone that you know about, or you know person but you don't know that that's what they're doing outside of you know their 9 to 5 or whatever else have you Mm. so yeah it's a a, a good avenue I guess to sort of continue these conversations and to create new ones too um, about our experiences going forward yeah
0: like you know what what better way to tell a story than through art
1: because yeah it opens you up to how people perceive Mm what it is that you've, you know, produced. It's an interesting, I guess, dynamic to create something and then have people dissect it based off what their understanding of it it Mm. is, because now you're learning something new as well.
0: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) win-win.
1: Look, it sounds, you know, um, I guess sounds like there is quite a lot of things to look forward to coming up next season. Um, and I guess to all you listeners out there, uh, if uh, you are about that militant life, um, I am proud to say you can look forward to more militant conversations happening <laughs> uh, from next season. Uh, and if there are any topics that I guess we've missed and you may like to hear, um, you know, always feel free to give us a shout mm. on our Instagram Black for Thirty, um, on Spotify, we're on there, iTunes mm. as well. Um it's a website uh, as well, yeah, if I'm correct. Yeah. yeah. Um all black for thirty, so you know, hit us up. Um and is there any final words, any going out words for you, so
0: um no really like, I I feel like I have um spoken my heart out <laughs> 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 2023.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look, it's it's been a journey. It's been a trip. Um, and you know, I think we can just say to all you people out there, stay safe. Shit's going crazy.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, be wary. Research. You know, look around you. Learn new things. But you know, stay ready. <laughs> I think. And as always, stay black.
0: I hope this was a learning experience to adopt and change the way you think and live the goal is for us and that includes you to be able to see ourselves for who we are so we can accept the person in the mirror and begin to value ourselves whether you agreed opposed or were offended by some of the content I encourage you to engage with me so we can have positive discussions in trying to understand each other so send your comments reviews and or feedback to our Instagram black for 30 or an email to admin at black for 30.com if you believe someone would benefit from this episode please share it when you get to the end of this recording please subscribe to black for 30 wherever you get your podcasts thank you for your time and I wish for you to join me again